Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 154, Dealing with Someone Who Is Always Right. It's December 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, clearly podcaster, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Dealing with someone who is always right. Oh my goodness, people. This is a this is a big, big topic and extremely common. Before I dive right in, let me just request that you go to my website and enter my giveaway. The winners won't be picked and the prizes won't be shipped until 2024 when I'm more settled and more healed and more recovered from my car accident. But why not enter? And while you're there, you could definitely download my free emotional processing workbook right below the Newsweek logo. That would be a winner and it's free. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. You as a person should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider of which I am definitely not. Next, if you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, or you know people who are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, please let them know that I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my podcast hosting platform, rss.com. Transcripts, by the way, are very helpful for hearing people as well. Next, but not last, or next but not least, If you are feeling that life is too hard for you, you are hopeless, you feel suicidal, or you've been thinking about harming yourself, please stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or you may call or text 988. I'm not sure about the 988. 988 works in many states, maybe most, but we're not sure if it works in all states at this point. So the number again is 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. What I promise you is if you understood how you got put together as a human being, you would probably feel so relieved. You would probably, it would change your life immediately because you would know that the way you're feeling is not your fault and it would give you avenues for action, important action. So there's help available. Please take the help. All right, dealing with someone who is always right. Well, first of all, this is extremely common, like over the top common. Yes, it is. I'm talking like most people have some level or version of this, some level. Now, it might be on a continuum. There have to be right all the time. It might be somewhere in the middle. It might be on a low scale, but I'm telling you, this is extremely common. And before I start breaking this apart into some pieces, I do want to acknowledge it is natural and human, human nature actually, to want to be right. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be right. It's kind of like there's nothing wrong with wanting to win if you're in a game of chance or game of whatever kind. It's not only human nature, but there are some people 
that go beyond human nature of wanting to be right. And they will never admit that they're wrong. They will never admit they've made a mistake and they will never apologize. I certainly hope that is not you, but that is representative of the people who would be on the far end of the scale who always has to be right. If they're at the very extreme end or, or far end of the scale, they, they're not going to be able to admit they made a mistake. They're not going to apologize. They're just not going to do that stuff. Now, is it rational and is it reasonable to for a human being never to make a mistake? No, that's not rational and it's not reasonable. It's completely irrational. It's completely unreasonable. We as human beings are just hardwired. We make mistakes because we don't know everything. Like, how could you know everything? So it's human to want to be right. That desire is human and reasonable and natural. It's just, where do you go about this? So inside of this whole idea of someone who always wants to be right, I'm going to give you some definitions of character traits that usually come together with this kind of wanting to be right. Not necessarily, but frequently. The first, so let's first define being right. So right, R-A-G-H-T, is an adjective meaning conforming with or comfortable, conformitable to justice, law, or morality. Another definition is in accordance with fact, reason, or truth, meaning correct. And the last definition for right is fitting, proper, or appropriate. So along with right, we have righteous, which is also an adjective, and it means morally upright, without guilt or sin, or in accordance with moral virtue or morality. And the next word we're going to bring into this, we've got people who want to be right. We've got right, righteous. Now we're going to add arrogant. Arrogant is also an adjective, meaning having or displaying a sense of overbearing, self-worth or self-importance marked by or arising from a feeling or assumption of one's own superiority towards others and also having or making the exorbitant claims of rank or estimation giving oneself an undue degree of importance and now we're going to add know-it-all which is a noun one who claims to know everything one who disdains advice or a person who thinks, a person who thinks that they know much more than other people. So right now we've got a righteous, arrogant, and know-it-all, and we're going to pile on with opinionated. Opinionated is an adjective meaning holding stubbornly and often unreasonably to one's own opinions. An opinion, just to define that, is a belief or conclusion held with confidence, but not substantiated by positive knowledge or proof. So an opinion is not backed by fact or an expert body of facts. So in this whole idea of someone who wants to be right or has to be right all the time, people in that category are frequently opinionated, they're arrogant, they could be a know-it-all and they could be righteous. These are all things that come with frequently wanting to be right. And some of it happens in stealth. Some of it is not overt and direct and in your face. Some of it is very kind of behind the scenes. Some of it's even done in the form of smear campaigns or gossiping or backstabbing. But when we, we look at this, this is where it gets a little dicey because there are... 
distinctions between facts, beliefs, and opinions. And not everybody is on the same page with this. So for example, things that interfere with this is, because uh, when someone wants to be right, hopefully they're basing their opinion on facts. But if you have someone who wants to be right or likes to be right or always has to be right, and they happen to be an emotional reasoner, that is a form of irrational thinking. And what that means is someone who is an emotional reasoner uses their emotions as if the emotions are the facts. And then they reason out the situation or whatever happened with their emotions instead of facts to arrive at a faulty conclusion because they're using, uh, emotions as facts. It may be a fact that you're sad. That may be a fact, but that's not the facts of the situation. Okay. So it's a very different thing if you're using your emotions in place of facts. And I do think emotional reasonings, actually, I think it might be on the common side. It would be interesting to know, but I haven't seen anyone coming close to even having agreement on what the different forms of irrational thinking are, let alone the, the prevalence. So that's one. I, I think emotional reasons are a little harder to, to slip, silt, sort out. I think they're, they're very difficult, in my opinion, to sort out. But um, that is going to be a problem in this area of always wanting to be right because if they're using their emotions as facts, then of course they're going to be right because they're right about their emotions. So you can see that would be a very problematic, very slippery slope because they are correct about however they feel. It's just that they're using faulty or distorted logic or reasoning. Uh, the ability for many people to distinguish between facts and beliefs and opinions is frequently in question. And it is really actually dicey. I have a podcast titled like, secrets, lies, and telling the truth, where I really get into how the truth can be very dicey. We like the truth to be, you know, like very uh, concrete and absolute, but sometimes the truth isn't always absolute, and I do go through the diciness of that. So that also comes into play in this topic of someone always wanting to be right because of the distinction between facts, opinions, and beliefs, which can be very messy. The next area that falls into this big morass of always wanting to be right is shame, embarrassment, ego, pride, and humil humiliation, which can surface in discussions or situations where there's an element of being right or being wrong is in the in the mix and that can cloud things because when someone has shame or their ego is kind of activated and or they have a big ego or they have a lot of pride that is going to change the dynamic it will change their ability to look at the situation in earnest it's it's a it's a game changer and, and not not a positive game changer. And another area that comes into play in this is in this whole area of, of always wanting to be right is language differences. And I'm not talking about English versus foreign languages. I'm talking within the English language, the difference of meaning from of words from one person to another, including the connotation of words. And that can cause miscommunication, communication gaps, and misunderstandings. So, for example, 
The word assertive does not in any way mean aggressive. If you understand the concept of being assertive and assertiveness, there's no room for aggression or being aggressive in assertiveness. That's not part of what assertiveness is. However, you can find aggressive or aggression in the in the dictionary under assertiveness, which is wrong. That is completely wrong. Um, but some people not knowing about assertiveness and not knowing like the scope and what it means and what's involved will mistakenly think or have the connotation that if you're assertive, if you're speaking up for yourself, then you're being aggressive. So we have these differences in words in the meanings and connotations that people have for the words themselves that also play into this you know, being right or being wrong, whole mix. And then lastly, we're going to pile on with your emotions and any history and any context. So you might have a history with a group or organization or person or, or family or work or whatever boss where that will, that will color and impact this whole situation of you always needing to be right or feeling like you need to be right. And the last piece that will come into this whole wanting, needing, or having to be right is cognitive distortions in thinking, which can ramp up and deeply exacerbate this issue. So I've talked about irrational thinking or cognitive distortions in many, many podcasts, but if you're new, a cognitive distortion is flawed or inaccurate or distorted thinking meaning it's irrational. That's the definition of a cognitive distortion or irrational thinking, and it's extremely common. So you could be dismayed if you think, oh, maybe I have a cognitive distortion. You could go there. Or you could go there for like a nanosecond and go, hey, I can, I can fix this. I can deal with this. So for example, we have many people who believe it's either black or white, or it's all or nothing, or they blame, and they get into shoulds, and they jump to conclusions. These are all... Uh, forms of irrational thinking or forms of cognitive distortions. So if you're someone or you're dealing with someone who always has to be right and they have the cognitive distortion of jumping to conclusions or being an emotional reasoner or all or nothing thinking or black or white thinking, that's a game changer in the conversation because for them, there's no, if they're all or nothing or black or white thinking, there's no gray. There's no, it's either you're a liar or you're not. Like they couldn't take responsibility that they contributed to that lie, that they actually crossed a boundary and put someone in a position to choose between telling you the truth or telling you a lie because it wasn't your business. Like they could never go to that gray area that they are actually the reason they were lied to because they couldn't mind their own business because they were, they, they had no boundaries. So cognitive distortions or irrational thinking are in this mix with, you know, which are, it's problematic. So we're going to pull this apart now for, in some cases, so there's six things that kind of muddy the water here. So now we've got a pool called, we're dealing, the topic is dealing with someone who always wants to be right or is always right. And now I've just muddied up with six different factors that just like turn up the, churn the water. So, but in some cases, if you're dealing with someone where always being right is the case, it could be. Operative word is could be, could. 
It could be a sign that you're dealing with someone who has a narcissistic personality disorder, a psychopath, a sociopath, someone who has an antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, or other mental health diagnosis. Now, I say could be because we have way, way more people, in my opinion, who have this need, want, or desire, or have to be right than people who have a mental diagnosis. So the majority of people who do this, they always want to be right. They don't actually have a mental illness. Now, it's extremely likely they have a cognitive distortion. That's extremely likely. I don't have a statistic on that. But it's probably not as high, it's not as likely that they have a diagnosable mental illness. And I will say that for most people, almost all people who have this, they always need to be right. This is their blind spot because they are unaware that they always need to be right or they are unaware of the impact. They're unaware of something in, in, this, in this topic because once you become awake and aware to this always needing to be right, like the traits I'm talking about are righteous, arrogant, opinionated, judgmental, and a know-it-on. Once you become hip to that, that is not something that you will want to continue, in my opinion, in my experience. So many, many, a lot, many moons ago, forever ago back in the dark ages, I did learn that my worst traits were being uh, righteous, opinionated, arrogant, know-it-all, judgmental, I, like all of it. And it Although that moment, I, I can remember kind of the general age range. Uh, I was in my early 30s. Um, I can't exactly remember the all the circumstances because it's faded. A lot has a lot has a lot of traumas happened since then. But I remember like oh my like this oh my goodness oh my god oh my oh my heavens moment, and then letting it in. And I want to say that even though I had those traits. The way I have been organized since apparently the seventh or eighth grade, at least, is that I make people feel good about themselves. I'm a champion of other people. I love other people and I want other people to succeed. That was very clear in my junior high yearbook, the way people signed my yearbook, which I saw earlier this year, including the fact that I apparently talked to people in the seventh and eighth grade about not having a defeatist attitude. I know. Can you believe that? So even though I had these traits, righteous, arrogant, judgmental, opinionated, know-it-all, you know, wanting to be right in the righteous category, I did not make people feel bad about themselves. So those are two different things. Now, many of the people who who do this kind of thing or have this temperament or these traits, they do make people feel bad about themselves. And I will talk about that, but I do want to distinguish that because that's a different, that there are two different things. So am I proud of the fact that I have those traits? No, I'm not proud. I'm not, that's not my, pro, that is not my finest moment, but I will say I really took on at that moment that those were my worst traits. I, I owned them. I like took them on and owned them. And then years later, some years later, uh, I included those, <laughs> I included those traits in my icebreaker Toastmaster speech and the club was roaring because they thought I was joking because they didn't see me as someone who could ever be opinionated, righteous, judgmental, arrogant, or know-it-all, which I found out after the speech, because I just could not, it was not designed to be a humorous speech, but they, they were just roaring, and I could, I could not believe it. But 
the more you own things, the less they own you. So uh, I want to distinguish this for you. You may have those traits, you may not have those traits, which is the next question is, do you have any of those traits? Do Well, we already know it's natural to want to be right, but do you have to be right? Are you righteous? Are you arrogant? Are you judgmental? Are you opinionated? Are you know-it-all? I don't know. But personally, I mean, personally, I'll tell you, I like to be right. I do. I love it. I actually love it. At the same time, I am definitely not afraid to say I made a mistake. I am definitely not afraid to say, oh my gosh, I got something wrong. Let me apologize. Let me make it right. Let me retract something. And I will hold my opinion. I will hold my thoughts until I've had the time to do my due diligence and sort it out, like get the facts. Like you should have seen me when the pandemic broke. Guess where I went? Oh, I went right into PubMed. <laughs> I did. I went right into PubMed people. And one of the first things I found was the coronavirus has been in the United States since 1961 with this lovely article of the Dr. Tyler something or something Tyler who was the first physician to identify coronavirus in the United States in 1961. And I found out all kinds of things, like lots of things. So I gathered my facts so I could come to a conclusion that was logical, rational, and based in reality of research and facts. So I do like to be right. At the same time, I'm not afraid to admit I'm wrong when I'm wrong. But the other part is I do not necessarily give my opinion unless I'm pretty confident, like because I don't like to be wrong. So for example, uh, on my website, I have put out this emotional processing workbook, which to me is a very bold move because we can't find anything like it anywhere else on the web. We can find things, actions to take, but my workbook is about what you do in your mind. It's about the mental gymnastics of, of, of managing and processing your emotions, which we can't find. And of course, now we understand lots of reasons why we can't find it because we don't even have consensus in psychology in the world for the definition of good mental health. We do not even have, we have eight conflicting definitions according to one PubMed article, which I mentioned previously. Um, so I, it's bold for me to put out an emotional processing workbook, I think, and I put it out there. If I'm proven to be wrong or something's wrong with it or whatever, I, of course, will retract it, take it down, apologize, apologize to whatever length. But I'm very confident, given my length of experience in psychology with people, with human beings over a lifetime and the research and everything else, I'm confident that it will stand and it will stand scrutiny and it will stand inspection because it's based on science and what we know, not fringe science. We don't do fringe science. So if I'm wrong about something, I will just like, I will have no, sh I will have no shame or embarrassment in making a retraction or apology because it's not, you know, like I, it's, it's not a reflection of me if I make a mistake. Like we all make mistakes, but people who always have to be right typically don't have that mentality. They don't have that attitude. They have a different attitude. So if you, you, I'm talking to you now, if you are the person who always has to be right and this applies to you, well then own it. Just own it, embrace it, like let it in, let it really full on in, see the impact and let people know they should call you out on this behavior. 
well, that's what I would, <laughs> that's what I did. That's what I did. And it worked really well. I mean, it worked so well that years later, I mean, it was, it was uh, probably, not, I don't know, 10 years later, people could not believe that I ever had those traits. Well, I'm telling you, I still have those traits. They just, they're in check because I'm self-aware and, you know, I've, I've dealt with it. So is this for you a cognitive distortion? Because always being right or always having to be right could be a cognitive distortion. But that is something that you would have to sort out. You would have to become awake and aware to situations that you're in and start to notice and observe and figure it out. You would be able to figure it out. And you can get to work on yourself if it's a cognitive distortion, I do have a podcast on cognitive distortions that will help you. And there's tons on the internet. There's, I'm sure there's books and books, all kinds of stuff. You can move away from it. You're not stuck with anything in life. I don't care who tells you that you are. I mean, there are people who will say whatever your temperament is, you're stuck with that. My assertion is because of the science of neuroplasticity of the brain, that is not true. And we have thousands of years of writings from not only philosophers, but physicians and all kinds of noteworthy leaders that people can change. So if it's a cognitive distortion from you, that's going to distort your thinking in every area of life. It will distort your judgment, your views, your, you know, it will distort everything. So you do want to get that straight and, and, and handled. So if it applies to you, own it, embrace it, you know, really like take it in and not have it be this awful like canker sore or some abscess. You could just take it and say, wow, look at this. Wow, look, look at this. Hopefully if you do that, you're not doing what some people do because here's what, uh, well, I'm going to get into right now what, what people do who always have to be right and have this kind of arrogant, judgmental, righteous, and opinion opinionated know-it-all kind of of temperament now those people would never say they're that way and sometimes that can be hard to sort out because you might know somebody for a long time before you really see how they are so if you have a person in like this in your life or maybe you're not sure if you have a person like this in your life my first suggestion is you begin to notice and observe so it once you really get hip to this it won't be that hard for you to get the idea and start to notice and figure this out but some people are very stealth in how they do things and you might have to know them for a very long time before you figure out kind of their mo because they're wearing a mask they might never say i'm right but it might be woven into the fabric of your conversation so for example these are things that someone might say who likes to be right or who is someone who is judgmental, opinionated, know-it-all, righteous, or arrogant. So here's the examples. Who buys white or off-white carpeting when they have a dog? Well, I did that. <laughs> I did do that. And my carpeting stayed white. Yeah, I know. You can have a dog and white or off-white carpeting people. Uh, who puts hardwood floors down when they have a dog, a big dog? Yes, people, I did that too. I did that twice. Uh, who told them it was a bad idea to do, oh, I told them it was a bad idea to do X, Y, and Z. I guess they had to find out the hard way. What kind of person doesn't take care of that? 
I know the right way to do things. I know the right way to do X, Y, or Z. Everybody knows that only, the only way to do that is by doing A, B, or C. So you can hear the judgment in some of these statements or questions, or you can hear the opinions and how they know best. After all, they're always right. It's like it's a subtle, like, I mean, literally. When I built my first house as a single woman, I didn't have a dog at that time, but I did put off-white, pretty pretty off-white carpeting in my house. And then I did get, <laughs> get a dog. I got a big yellow lab. And, and people were like, oh, you're crazy. Well, when it was, my neighbors were having their carpets cleaned and their house was, they hadn't lived there as long as I did. And I don't think they, I don't know if they had a dog. I don't think they had a dog. Anyway, I talked to the carpet cleaner and I said, oh, I should have you look at my carpets because my house is older than theirs by, uh, you know, six months or whatever. And he came in and he said, oh my God, your carpets look like they are brand spanking new. You should see your neighbor's carpets. I said, oh, are you saying my carpets don't need to be clean? He said, yes, I'm saying your carpets do not need to be clean. And you have a big dog. I said, I know I have a big dog. So, but there's this righteous kind of, you know, criticism. Who puts off, you know, you know, all of these statements. So, you know, why don't people just listen to me? Why don't people just listen to them? Well, I don't know why people don't listen to them, but you can hopefully you're starting to get the flavor of someone who has this temperament so they might not come right out and say well I'm right you're wrong and and you know but I I have to tell you this is like incredibly common it's incredibly unpleasant but it's incredibly common like people will say things to me you know it's just incredible things. And, and, it, and I know it is because either they don't respect me or they're just so rife. They're so in their righteous, judgmental, opinionated, arrogant, know-it-all self. They can't even see it. They can't hear themselves. So the first part for you is notice and observe, start to get the lay of the land. So that's number one. If this is, if this is applying to somebody else, and I already gave you the suggestions if it applies to you. So number two, don't argue with them if at all possible, because in their own mind, they are always right. And it is very unlikely, extremely unlikely that you are going to convince them otherwise. They often lack wisdom. They often lack an open mind. And you can definitely voice your point of view and your thoughts. I'm just merely suggesting that you don't go to the mat like this is not a battle worth having. You know, you have the saying you have to pick your battles because they will probably dismiss you out of hand. And I don't advocate you lying or agreeing with them just to agree with them, but I wouldn't get into it. Like you can say we can agree to disagree. Like interestingly enough, going back to what I said when the pandemic broke out, I went right into PubMed. It was very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. The research that had been done on coronavirus prior to the pandemic. Well, of course, most of us had never heard of coronavirus prior to the pandemic. So who would have thought that it had been in the United States since 1961, which meant, by the way, that all of us prior to the pandemic had had a form of a coronavirus. That's what that means. And who would have thought that there were actually research studies on what medications could be repurposed if we had a coronavirus pandemic? Like who, I would, I was shocked. I was not thinking when I took my little innocent dive into PubMed, I was going to find this treasure trove of data. It's data. 
It's facts. However, the people who are always right, they didn't care about the facts because they're always right. And if the facts don't fit their narrative, they're done. You're not going to convince them. You know, even if you, you know, offer them a copy of the study from 2007 or 2005 or 2014, they're not going to care. So I don't recommend you expend your energy trying to convince people who are always going to be right, even if you know you have the facts. And by the way, oh my gosh, the facts. I actually, somewhere on a flash drive, I have the research papers and, oh, it's, it's very fast. I mean, I even went into... Um, Oh, the WHO has a list of essential, safe and essential medicines. To be on the WHO list of essential medicines, you have to be proven safe. You, you have to have like almost no side effects ever. And, you know, things like saline, penicillin, there's all kinds of drugs that are on, drugs and other things that are on the list. I went through that list page by page till I found one of the, the drugs that was mentioned during the pandemic. Oh, my heavens, people. I, I know how to research and I do my research because I like to know what's true. So don't, don't spend your time trying to convince somebody. It's just not worth it. In my opinion, you can agree to disagree. Now, my next point is number three is they might get very angry and hostile if you ask them, you know, if they ask you for your opinion on a situation and you don't agree with their point of view, or they might get angry and hostile if you say something to them like, why would you say that? Or what makes you say that? Or why would you think that? They might get very defensive and actually not talk to you for a while if it's really bad for them. And if it's really, really bad, you might never talk to them again. Like I actually said to somebody one time, boy, you're being really, this was somebody who was arrogant, opinionated, judgmental, righteous, always had to be right. And on top of it, deeply religious and, and like this holy, holy roller. And I actually said to this person, keeping the gender out, wow, that what you just said to me was rife with, you know, harsh judgment, criticism and, and condemnation. Like you just literally condemned the heck out of me. And they were like, yes, I did. And then and then I think it kind of hit them and they were like, I said, well, let's talk about it. And they said, nope, I'm done. And they hung up and I've never talked to them since, which is not usually how my relationships go. But, you know, <laughs> they might never talk to, if you say, if you speak your truth. Now, was it true that they were harsh, harshly judging, condemning and criticizing me? Oh my goodness. Yes. And it was for something that good that happened to me. It wasn't like I did some bad thing. I didn't, des I wasn't deserving of this criticism. So they might never talk to you again, and that might not be a bad thing, but you have to kind of um, have your awareness up or brace yourself that they might get angry if you don't agree with them. They might, or hostile. I mean, I've had someone get angry, hang up on me, and not talk to me for six months because I they asked for my opinion, and when my opinion did not match theirs, they were pissed off and didn't talk to me for months. I don't remember how many months, maybe it wasn't six months, but it was a long time. And that's okay because I'm not going to give you an opinion to placate you. If you ask me for my opinion, I might say, well, I don't think you're going to like this or I don't want to hurt your feelings, but that, I don't think that's your best, you know, outfit, or I like you better in that other outfit, or I will tell you the truth because I want to be known as a truth teller and I am known as a truth teller, but there are ways to tell the truth without 
devastating someone or without being mean or without being cruel but i'm not gonna you know just tell you something you want to hear because that's what you want to hear but you do need to be prepared sometimes these people now if you do this this is this is you could be looking at yourself here they will like cut you off forever or a period of time because they're so brittle with this being right that they, they cannot take it so that was number three number four my best what well, not my best suggestion but very very important suggestion in this mix if you are dealing with someone who's always right or has a high frequency or is righteous a judgmental opinionated arrogant or know-it-all is that you take your focus and you put it on yourself you who i'm talking to in this podcast you get your own mental and emotional fitness house in order do you have a cognitive distortion? Well, I don't know, but I have a podcast to help you and there's tons on the web. You can use my transcript that I, I did a podcast titled uh, Your Emotional and Mental Checklist. You can use that as a checklist to make sure you've got your ducks in a row. Because let me tell you, there is nothing more powerful, in my opinion, than having mental and emotional fitness like it's the bomb it is amazing it is fantastic and i i did in that in that podcast which is another bold move put out a checklist because we in society we in the world we don't have a checklist well that's tragic that is really tragic and that is unacceptable in my opinion it's no wonder mental health is tanked and we have so more, many more people that have mental health issues so Make sure you get your focus on yourself. Make sure you have rational thinking. Use the checklist and get to work. Get to work because you do not want to be one of these people who always has to be right. Now, number five. So don't expect the other person to change. Oh, wait, let me go back. So on the focus on you, definitely download my free workbook and learn that learn that skill if you do nothing else that'll help you get so many aspects of mental health in order because many of the mental health aspects or criteria are included in the workbook that are important when you're processing and managing your emotions so number five don't expect the other person to change it's extremely unlikely so unlikely i can't even give you a percentage can people change yes they can they can change and people do change Yes, people do change, but they only change when they make a decision that they want to change and they only change when they have probably enough emotional pain or impact or something that causes them to jump over the fence and say, all right, I'm going to deal with myself. And that could be because they've lost something or something happened, but you, you, should not expect or be expecting other people to change because it's very, very unlikely. Now, my next suggestion, number six, which I'm a fan of, is do not take it personally. Please do not take it personally because it's not personal. Like, it's not. I do have um, a YouTube video about this. I've talked about it in other podcasts. But you do not have to take it personally. All right, number seven, you don't have to cut them off or you don't have to have stop having a relationship with them. And you might, however, decide to limit contact because the reality is it's just not so fun and it just doesn't feel so good to be with people who always have to be right. It's like, it's like a Debbie Downer. So you might limit contact or you might, you know, decide that 
the person is toxic for you or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying you might, might do that. Now, my next point is for you to remember, please, 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 for you to remember that this is their blind spot or, you know, if, if this is you, it would be your blind spot. So I'm asking, my request is that you have a big boatload of compassion for them or for yourself it's, if it's for you. Because what this is like is this is the like people who are like this. This is the, the arrogant, righteous, opinionated, know-it-all, judgment, judgmental, you know, people who also have to be right, they're like the armchair coaches sitting in the stands of the game, calling out plays from the stands after the fact, second guessing, criticizing the coaches after a play. Well, after a play, it's very clear what would have been a better play. After the play, it's very clear how it should have gone or could have gone. They're not on the field as a coach. They're in the stands. They're not on the, they're in the court. They're in the stands shouting out what should have happened what you know so it's like well you should have done this or you should have done that or i told you not to do that blah 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 and and they they really have no idea what they're talking about i mean people have judged me poorly for some of my decisions well my decisions have been very well thought out i don't always do a ben franklin pro con list because sometimes i don't need to but I make decisions based on facts and I make decisions based on my mental health and well-being and what is good for my mental health and well-being, whether people agree or not. And that's part of the problem is some of the people who are judging and condemning and righteous and know-it-all and all this stuff, they don't have high mental health, but they are certainly going to judge and condemn you. So it's helpful and and very nice if you will have compassion because once you've done the work on yourself and you've been doing healing you will notice this more you will actually notice this more because you won't like you won't like it you will not like those little kind of backhanded digs like saying to somebody why would you put hardwood floors in your new house why would you not put car you know like whatever it is um so you're just not going to like it. You're not going to want to be around people who may, don't make you feel good. And because what they are actually doing in one form or another, whether it's flat out direct or it's a little more stealth, is they're actually judging, criticizing and condemning you. That's what they are doing. And the more healing work you do on yourself, the more you get to work on yourself, uh, you might be, you might be like me. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? How did I miss this before? But have compassion because they haven't done the work and they are clueless. And for many of them, most of them, they're actually really good people. They just haven't grown and developed. So they're good people. Now, there are people who don't have a mental health disorder who are bad people. So, you know, psychopaths are bad, you know, narcissists are bad sociopaths are bad there's lots of people who have certain mental health diagnoses and their behavior is horrific it's dangerous and problematic and they're not they're not they're not well but we also have people who don't fit that criteria who are not good people either so just just have some compassion uh, they haven't done the work and this is their blind spot so to wrap it up not um Focus on you, focus on yourself, focus on what you can control and definitely make sure 
that you have lots and lots and lots of love and affection in your life. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can simply be platonic or you can have both. It's whatever you want. But we do know from all the research, love is one of the most valuable, intentional human experiences that people can have. And I, I do have several podcasts on love, which you can peruse through and listen to if you want to. My next thing in these final parting comments is a word of caution. So some of these people, they might not have a mental diagnosis, they might not have a mental health diagnosis, but some of these people who always have to be right can be absolutely very dangerous. And I'm not a fan of dangerous people, although I have, da I have dangerous people in my perimeter. I do have dangerous people on my perimeter. I cannot have do life the way you do life because of stalking, etc. But some of them will go out of their way to hurt you if they if you've upset them. And it might not be that you did something to upset them. It might be that they're jealous. It might be that they're filled with, you know, resentment or envy or it could be that they're projecting. It could be for all kinds of reasons that you did nothing. Like you did nothing to them. But they, they will go out of their way to hurt you and be mean. And that's especially true if they have a mental health diagnosis. So tread lightly, if you will. I mean, that's what I'm suggesting because you don't want dangerous people in your life and you don't want to provoke the sleeping dragon. But hopefully, if this applies to you, don't beat yourself up. You can beat yourself up. I don't recommend it. But you can go, oh, yeah, I can I can see. I can see how I'm constantly judging other people or criticizing or thinking, well, why didn't they just listen to me? You know, you can do that. People have to find their own way. They really have, they have to make their own mistakes and they have to figure things out. And sometimes they have to lose things before they realize what they had. And you know, like it happens all different ways. But but be compassionate and you, because I'm talking to you, even if this, whether this applies to you or not, is to do your due diligence and do the work so that A, you are not one of these people and so that you have this rich, amazing, wonderful life because then when people do this to you and they will still do it to you, you can just kind of internally roll your eyes. You can feel bad for them. I frequently feel bad for people because it, it, it is a sign that there's really something missing, you know, that they have this hollowness to them, that they, that they, this is how they behave and they, and it is their blind spot. So you focus on you, make sure you have like love and affection and all the good stuff and, and, and get to work on whatever you need to do. All right. Hopefully that helps you take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 154, dealing with someone who is always right. I certainly hope you've gotten some new ideas on how to approach this difficult and somewhat problematic situation, and I clearly hope that you are not one of those people. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And don't forget to share this on social media so we can start bringing down the numbers of people who feel like they always have to be right. I hope you're doing well. Hang in there for now. I love you. That's all.